We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yeah, and then she's like, why tell me? Tell, she wants to know about it. Does she? Is she like, is there anal involved? <laughs> she's never asked the big that question, actually, which is weird. She, she should. Um, <laughs> Does he lick your asshole, baby? <laughs> But she just wants to make sure. She claims she loves you. (laughs) Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. Tan Dickinson. How are we today, Skylar? We're doing okay. You know, it's just gotten to the point where I think I'm just okay is my normal at this point. Not going home for Thanksgiving? No, never really was the plan. I've never been a Thanksgiving fan necessarily. I grew up as a very picky eater. So when the only things you're really eating on Thanksgiving are like shitty, like barely turkey and then like four dinner rolls and then a couple pieces of like cranberry orange bread, like that was my Thanksgiving. So if I'm going to choose a winter holiday, it'll always be Christmas or New Year's over Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about Thanksgiving. Yeah, but, but you're still going home. I'm still going home. My mom's like, you're coming home. And I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, what else am I fucking doing? Yeah, it's true. I literally, I'm like, I need, I don't, I don't want a boyfriend. I really don't. Like, I just want Chrissy Teigen's family, you know? Mm-hmm. I just want John Legend and their kids. You know, I don't want to, it's like knowing, learning a language. I don't want to learn French or learn Spanish. I want you to just be fluent. I want to be fluent. And yeah. that's how I feel about dating. I'm like, ugh, I canceled a date tonight. I was like, I just don't want to. Well, see, I think that's good, though. Like, if you're not pumped to go see the person, like, I think being more discerning in that way is a good thing because then when someone that you actually do get excited about comes along, you're like, okay, well, I'm willing to see this through. Yeah, I also said on a podcast the other day, I didn't even clock this, but I was like, you know, every time I go on an online date, I'm like, Ugh, well, it's not like this is ever going to be anything. And my friend was like, you should delete the apps if that's really what you're thinking. And I was like, oh, I just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds sounds about right. I just don't, like, especially right now, just because there's so much uncertainty in the world and we're heading into the holidays, and I don't think it's the time to meet people. <coughs> COVID. it's like it's literally like anything else like my bot or my manager was like you know the industry is pretty much done after thanksgiving and that's kind of how i feel about dating i'm like nothing's gonna start between thanksgiving and christmas no and so i might as well just like give it up and start over fresh in the new year yeah just come out swinging so by v-day i've got some locked in plans or close to it yeah (laughs) see I'm not a fan of like the brand new relationship Valentine's Day I've never had it work out I don't think it's a good idea 
I don't like marking things by holidays. I do think it will be easier in the new year to meet people just because everyone has that like, oh, new year, new me mindset. Like, even though this year doesn't count because it was a fucking wash. But I feel like it's easier to date when everyone's on the same page of, oh, now I'm ready. Even if like five days before they were the same person. I know that we'll be sitting here in a year. I don't know that we'll be sitting here, but I know that I will be not in a relationship in a year. <laughs> Why? I just, I, I have given, I really just, I have not been in a serious relationship since I was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's so, I'm like, I just don't think I'm capable. I don't think I have it in me. You have it in you. I think it's just people in New York are tough. Guys in New York, unfortunately, like, I know this will probably get a lot of shit, but, like, you're not that great, and you think you're really great, and you're fucking yourselves over by not being great when you're 33, so when you're 37, you wonder why there's nobody left. It's because you gave up everything. Yeah, Bumble Brian, what the fuck? <laughs> still thinking about you. <laughs> still thinking about BB. Maybe I'll hit him up in the new year. That's a great idea. I'll be like, did you ever figure out what you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> Your New Year's resolution to find what you're looking for? Should he- be. Here I am, baby. But he's hot. He's doing well. He's going strong out there. I'm proud of him. Maybe he'll get COVID. Uh- <laughs> no, I don't want him to. I love him. Uh, well, <laughs> what? How are we going to have kids if he dies of COVID? I miss him. <laughs> well, so my friend Ray, who was here last weekend, yeah. but I'm leaving tomorrow to go home, and she's picking me up from the train station. She texted me, and she's like, yeah, I already got some crap ready for us tomorrow night. <laughs> <I was like laughs> what? And she, like, sends me photos of this pretty hot guy, and she's like, yeah, he's got two friends, so we got options. She's like, you can have him. I, I'm not going dibs. What the fuck? Ray is, like, the wingiest of the wing women. Oh, she's a fucking homie, dude. I've never heard it put that way, and I'm never going to say anything else again. <laughs> you never called a bunch of dudes crops? No. When we go to bars, you scope the crop. I think we just scope the scene. Maybe maybe a lot has happened in, like, two years, but... I don't know. I don't know if other people call it that. It's, yeah, you got to pick what's right. You know, you got to pick the yeah. correct vegetables. Yeah. I just think all the good ones are taken, so I got to wait until they get divorced. Yeah, give it a year. We I've already heard of a few we went to high school with, so we'll share that later. Wait, people are getting divorced oh, already? Oh, yeah. In, from our year? From my year and a year older than you. Shit. Yeah, so good news. People are coming back. Woo! The market's opening up. You know what, guys? <laughs> we love a Christmas miracle. We love a few more vendors. Uh, that's great. That's good news. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> that's so fucking mean. <laughs> Not for them. <laughs> also, do you have to send the gift back? The gifts back? I feel no. like <laughs> I think it's dicey about giving the ring back. Like I don't want the ring necessarily, but like what if it was a good stone? Can I keep the stone? What are the rules? Oh, if I get a divorce, I'm keeping my ring. Are you pawning it or are you keeping it? I would turn it into something else. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't want to look at that ring. Yeah, obviously. Well, I'll, like, if you're not married or engaged or anything, I don't want to wear a ring on that finger anyway. I want people to know. Oh, no, I wear a ring on that finger. That's tricky. Is that a mood ring? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was my grandmother's ring. Okay, wow, that is a rude thing then, because that's a cool <laughs> ring. <laughs> yeah, this is a very nice ring, okay? And I wear it on this ring because guys like a challenge. So a lot of guys... <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no, obviously. Working out real well. When guys think I'm engaged, I do get hit on. Ooh, interesting. So guys, I think it's like, oh, there's no pressure of hitting on this girl. Like she's, she's going to say no. Yeah. So and guys like, will be like, <laughs> I'll just kind of play it off and talk to them. And then, you know, I've, it's never worked out because then I tell them I'm not engaged. And they're like, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you should just run it out one night. See what happens. No, this isn't a, I'm telling you, this is a magnet. I, for my old job, I used to wear a fake engagement ring anytime I would have to go on like meetings with guy clients just because I didn't want to get into it. I'm like, I don't want you to try anything. I don't want you to flirt with me. Like, we are here for business. And I need to. Do they still flirt with you? Mm Mm-hmm. But, like. I'm telling you. But, no, they would ask about it. And then I would just be like, oh, yeah, my my fiance, like, a few months ago, so excited. And then they would drop it because it's not fun to talk. Like, I would just gear it towards wedding conversation. You want to see my Pinterest? Which Exactly. Which no guy wants to talk about. So then they would get back on track. I'm like, yep, let's reel this baby in. This is actually just a made-up theory, and my I'm making I'm making this up, but I think guys want what they can't have. Too. Oh yeah, and guys are like, oh, sh- another guy likes her, so she's clearly got something going on. I agree. No, I think you're on point there. That's not off base. Guys at all. are so fucking insecure. They're like, oh, she's engaged. She might be cool because another guy likes her. Yeah. So I better make a move, and then I'm like, yeah, we're having problems. 
Maybe you need to put on that voice because apparently that's what I go for when I'm like, oh, this is the guy that everyone likes. It's just a girl that talks like this. Well, I recently talked to a guy and he was telling me, he was like, yeah, sometimes it's nice to like have a girl who's kind of dumb. And I was like, what? He was like, it's like a puppy. And I was like, that's like gross. And <laughs> mean. And also, yeah, mean. He was like, no, it's just like a calming presence. Like not all the time do you want a girl who's going to challenge you on everything. And I was like, so you're saying this is never going to work out? <laughs> I love bankers. I know you do. I don't know it. why. I just. Yeah, what is it? I think it's. Is it the Patagonia vest or is it like a presence? It's it's because we are from Virginia and yeah. I just love a lacrosse player. Well, because I was going to say, like, I know. I, mean, I don't know because I didn't go to school there either. But like East Coast is known for like its Sperry's and its lacrosse and like all that shit. You didn't. That's not really what California is. Like, what were your frat guys like because we had the Sperry's and the polo shirts and it was just atrocious I mean I liked a guy named Trevor for a year so Mm. that was that'll uh, get you he gave me cherry cordials for Valentine's Day wow and my friend was like are you okay (laughs) (laughs) so rude literally I was like does he think I'm an 85 year old woman like that's how dry I was cherry cordials we're putting her in the home next week Wait, hold on. I want to get that book. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like this is like Jerry Springer, final thought. <laughs> it's always good when someone starts laughing before they even go. I, it's just like so pathetic how angry I am about this person who broke my heart still. You know, it's I mean, just like it cuts deep. <laughs> and it's not even the first cut. I'm not even doing Shale Crow style. <laughs> this is the second cut and it's still fucking deep. Oh, man. But again, I so I do these when I'm high. Right. I don't know if it's honest truth. There's some paranoia in it all. But have you ever plotted revenge on someone? Was it sweet? And what did it entail? I said, yeah, I'm plotting it right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's success and a lot of money. I said, the guy is currently doing better than me in this industry, but it's still the first quarter. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that like life's a fucking marathon, bitch. Get back in there. Get up. Get right. I mean, that was actually really inspirational. So that's my revenge is to be more successful than he is. I love that. That's great revenge. The best revenge is to just be like hotter or happier or making more money. That's kind of it. Anything else doesn't really matter. I know. I'm definitely hotter than him. Good. You're ha- or a third of the way there. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you are halfway there. We all know how oh, looks work. Oh, I thought work. you were about to say happy and then you were like, no, he's not. <laughs> and then like took that back. <laughs> happy might be a stretch. Happy. Happy. <laughs> But that's kind of a dark question. Have you ever plotted revenge? Like I don't like not seriously. Like I think I've thought of it in the way where it's just like, oh, well, exactly as I just said, like my revenge is always just being like, okay, I want to do a little bit better than I was doing when I was with that person and then better than they can do. And I think I've done that with most people that I've like dated, but I don't really have bad relationships with any exes. We either just don't talk and it's a non-issue or we are friends and it's just very well understood that it's like well, this wasn't going to work out clearly or I've completely blocked them out like anybody that really fucked me over I don't have a clear memory of they have all these movies plotting revenge mm-hmm. like Gone Tucker Must Die and like all these movies but I'm always like they put a lot of effort in that yeah they wasted so much time yeah you cared so much and honestly we're a little bit crazy that's a creepy crazy thing to do yeah like I can do it like drinking wine with friends but I would never execute something like that I just don't like I don't have the follow through quite honestly I also am just like in the reality you're more likely to just get caught along the way yeah and you look so pathetic and then you look stupid yeah like it didn't get you revenge you made yourself look worse and if anything that is like the opposite of what I would ever want to do to somebody that fucked me over I wish you could TP a fucking apartment (laughs) sneak in there TP it I think that's when you have to go to the doorman and be like, hey, I want to execute something. How much do you like your job? This man hurt me. (laughs) Whitney! (laughs) Um, Should we introduce our guest? Yeah! Very excited. She's so cool. She has an album coming out January 29th. Mm -hmm. She's a very talented musician. Sasha Spielberg. Can't wait. Let's do it. That's kind of a tongue twister. Sasha Spielberg. Yeah, I have a little bit of a lisp, so I won't even attempt it. Yeah, I'll save you from that. Thank you. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. You know, I have some ads for you. And yes, it is the same ads that I've been reading for the past few weeks. But guess what? I don't sell the ads. I just give them to you. And sure, yeah, I could make 
the same soundbite. I could just copy and paste, be done with it. But that's not the kind of podcaster I am. I'm a giver. So here we are. We're back with Indeed. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Like I've said in the past, I can't imagine any business owners are listening to this, and I can't imagine you move that fast. But maybe you surprise me, and guess what? Indeed is here for you. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it and very fast. So try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions do apply. Again, no idea what that means. But get out there. Or... Maybe you're someone who doesn't have a job and you need some money. Good news, football is back in full swing and you might not be at the game, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Do not forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word, and contact your sponsor, three separate words. Bet Online is your online sportsbook expert. I'm sick of asking you guys to write a review, but sadly, none of you fucking do it. I look like an asshole out there on Apple Podcasts. Do you understand me? So please, go write a review. Go tell your friends to listen. Canada, we are up. I'm trying to do a tour in Canada when this is all over. I'm trying to do a tour in Europe, Germany, what's up? England, what's up? Australia, what's up? Maybe, you're, maybe your British friend will be like, why you have me listening to this cunt? I've heard that cunt is not that bad of a word in England. And the guy who called me that and told me that was from Ohio. So who knows? But uh, I guess my point is, please go write a review. Okay, bye. This is what I do. I befriend the current girlfriends or ex-girlfriends of my ex or current boyfriend. I think that's the smart move. Yeah. I think that's it's a- genius because you really have two options. You can really despise them. And that's like the easier fun option where you can just like be like, oh, this person saw something in you and they saw something in me. So that means we must get along. And actually, I am now like best friends with about five of my ex's exes. I'm sure they love that. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so she's still dating him? No, no, they broke up two, uh, like two years ago, I think. See, that's the thing. It's kind of nice to be friends with them because if the relationships usually don't work out, but clearly you guys have something in common. Yeah. Because he likes both of you and you had liked him. Yes. But then I also became friends with my other ex. I became friends with his ex while he and I were still together, which he did not like. Which is fair. I can get that, yeah. He he put stuff in my head where he was telling me this person was not good. And I then, after he and I broke up, we'd be cl- even closer. And I said to myself, I was like, I knew it. She's great. I mean, it sounds like you've had a lot of exes, though, which I'm jealous no, of. No, I have had a lot of exes, which is, it, it's interesting. I'm sort of, like, really looking into that these days. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm like one of seven kids and I need, I'm like, very, maybe I'm codependent, but I'm also kind of like, I also love to be alone. So it's just confusing. I don't know. Have you noticed like a common thread? Like, can you pinpoint from past ones where you're like, okay, well, again, like with the exes, you're like, all right, well, we had something in common. So what do the other guys have in common? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they all look very different. So it really gets you. You know, I meet each time I meet one, I'm like, oh, you're nothing like my ex. And then I soon realize, I think um, I have been with, see, I don't want to say this because it almost makes it, it like it's not owning my own stuff because I definitely have my own stuff that I bring, but I do tend to date uh, addicts. Interesting. Yep. I love addicts. I feel like most girls That's do. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> addicts. But I do, but that also is almost like cheap. It almost reduces them to that, which they're not. They're right. all, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I really do have incredible people that I've dated, but I think that charisma and that intoxication of the first like three months 
it's just, yeah, it's intoxicating. And I think um, I present myself as this person. Ooh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> another boyfriend, I assume. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I have so many dates to set up and all yeah. these boyfriends to talk to. I swear it's not to be, nothing to be jealous of. Trust me. <laughs> I think like I present, I think I, for the first like three to six months, I would be the person that that person wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, chill girl. I didn't really reveal my like OCD, anxiety, whatever, all my stuff until like month four. So the, I think they hang on to the beginning version of me. And then I almost think, yeah, it does become quite codependent. And that's why I think I get into it. Because I am sort of like acting for the first three months. And I'm trying oh, yeah. to work on that and not do that. Just put it all out there. Yeah. I mean, I recently dated a recovered alcoholic who didn't want to date me after three dates. And I was like, you have addiction issues and you're not interested. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I, but I will say, I do love, I do love addicts. I just think they're so charismatic and incredible and like, yeah, it's intoxicating, and I and I probably will like continue to, and that's not a bad thing. It's just more like I have to figure out my role in all of it. Yeah, it's it's very it's an addiction in itself to date someone like that because they make you their whole world because they have an addictive personality, and they're also very good at getting what they want if they were addicted to drugs because they would get it. So they know how to what to say and how to say things, and yeah, and also yeah, I think you feel so I I feel so yeah needed, which always mm-hmm. feels really good to be needed or wanted or desired. And I think like, I, I, you know, I definitely fall into that. Are you the oldest of seven? No, I have three older and three younger, three brothers, three oh, sisters. So you're right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And you grew up in LA, right? I did. Did you go to Harvard Westlake? No, but my brothers did. I am my sister. I went to Marlboro. It's an all girls school. Wait, why did you go to an all girls school? Because my parents didn't want me going to a co-ed school. It was a disaster. They knew you liked Addicts. I was going to say, they knew exactly who you were going to find at a co-ed school in L.A. Yeah, at a Harvard Westlake, you would have been dating a cocaine <laughs> addict. They figured that shit out real quick. <laughs> no, you know what? I did date an alleged drug dealer in eighth grade. He was <laughs> dealing coke, and he was kicked out of his school, and he lived around the corner from mine. So I used to skip class to go like make out with him in his parents' house in eighth grade, but I would get to school, like I would come to class like 45, you know, at the end of it, but going to an all-girls school with male teachers, all I had to say was feminine issues. So you walk in and all I would do is just like, I pretended I was crying and I'd just sit down and I'd look at the teacher and be like, feminine issues. Yeah, I'm thinking about my dad trying to buy me tampons. He's like, oh, your things. So like a male teacher who's not related to you, I can imagine. He's like, I don't want to know what that means. Uh, Please. I don't even want to think 30 seconds about it. Please get out of my sight. It was genius. Feminine issue. Greatest excuse. But he then, you know, then I really, I've definitely been like boy crazy forever, my whole life. My diary entry, you know, I still have my diary from when I'm eight years old. I just wanted to be pretty. I felt very, ugh. I felt just, I just wanted guys to like me. So I was willing to date anyone. So yeah, <laughs> someone kicked out of like eighth grade for dealing cocaine. You're like, yeah. I'm your girl. Dreamboat. <laughs> I think that was the whole goal. Like I tell people all the time I peaked in sixth grade. I had three boyfriends in sixth grade. Killing it. I had natural blonde hair. Amazing. I didn't have braces yet. I was so thin, you know, so yeah. tight, you know, just <laughs> like mm. keeping it together in that preteen bod. Yeah. And then seventh grade hit and I got braces. <laughs> My highlights fell out. Everyone else had tits. I went from three boyfriends to getting rejected all the time. And I was, it was a weird switch of like, wait, I was hot in sixth grade and now seventh grade. No <laughs> Excuse one me. Wants don't me. you know who I am? And I think that's when I was like, I guess I'm going to have to do comedy. And then thank God, by the way, are you so grateful that you didn't blossom in even? Yes. Well, now you did, but in in seventh grade and eighth grade. No. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would be pregnant by now or have kids. Yeah. And you have no personality. Like the whole point is that you have to be ugly and weird because that's where the funny comes from. Yeah. So you started dating or I guess you liked boys eighth grade or was it younger? Oh God, no, it was like four. You're like, I would masturbate all over. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I was fully like, I was crazy as a kid. That's why your parents sent you to all girls school. They're like, yeah, yeah she was they masturbating at a Panera. We need to send her to a <laughs> private school, all girls school. She can't be trusted. Truly, truly. That was probably why. I mean, before they were, I think they were, they were so focused on you know, academia, they were really intense about education. And this school was really good. 
And I do think they saw that I was really obsessed with boys. So they thought no distractions would be great. But I found, I mean, listen, drug dealers down the street. It was just, I found, I found boys. Yeah. Well, my friend went to a public high school. I mean, a private high school that was boy girl, but she was so innocent at our public middle school. And then she went to private high school and man, by 10th grade, she was like, I wouldn't start fucking guys because once you do, you don't stop. And we were like 15. I was like, oh, Oh my God, this guru. No bra, no panties. It's a 13. It's a scene from 13. Yeah. But is, did you think your all all girls school, was it it's kind of slutty, no? Oh, not mine. I thought it was going to be that. I thought it was going to be like every boy wants us. It was, we were like nerds, all of us. There were no cool girls at my school. Kind of nice. People, girls were competitive over grades. They were like competitive over like TI-83 calculators, like TI-89 versus TI-83. And it was like, that was the competition and getting an A in physics. It was not, like, no one cared about boys. People were just, like, hopping around, like, pretending they were kangaroos or, like, speaking elven. I mean, it was really... Oh, so you went to, like, a school with horse girls. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, with the low ponies. Ooh, I did low pony. Did you do a braid? Oh, on the low pony. Okay, okay. You did? Oh, no, no, no. But girls did. Other girls did. I I wanted to be cool. I was like the girl. I came to class wearing sunglasses because I wanted the other students to think I was high. And I wanted them to think I was like rebellious. And so I one time like took Robitussin one morning and I got- You robo-tripped. I robo-tripped and I turned to this like really sweet girl next to me who was like very innocent. I was like, yo, I'm- fucking tripping like I was acting like I was like and I wanted her to think I was on crystal meth because that was the drug that like was people were doing which is crazy we knew I knew people doing meth in ninth grade what is insane that is yes (laughs) (laughs) like we had a string of people doing heroin at a different high school than us heroin I don't think I knew anyone doing heroin it was just I mean that's not normal either like yeah this is kind of the lesser of two evils, and they're both pretty bad. But. No, I, I don't know, because meth, like, fucks up your brain for life, right? Like, it, it rewires your brain and makes you insane. So people, I had a neighbor, I guess I shouldn't say that, but I know someone who was on meth, and it, it rewired her brain, so she went full schizo. Jeez. Holy shit. So even hearing that, I'm like, that's so scary, because, like, where the fuck are those girls now? Especially, like, ninth grade girls. It's like, you're already a little fucked up then. Like, meth was not going to make that any better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that was that was a rumor going around that someone was doing meth, and I was I couldn't let her have the lime. I was like, I needed to be. I need to oh, robo trip immediately. I need it. So I took, like, Robitussin, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm. This is so fucked up. But isn't that the opposite? Isn't meth like, ah! Yes, <laughs> but I didn't know that. You should have brought in cassettes and tried to sell your <laughs> cassette tape. But I remember, like, putting on a full act and stumbling out the door and being like, oh, whoa. Like, it was so, I tried so hard. I wanted everyone to think I was advanced and cool, but I was also, I was just so afraid of drugs. I was so afraid of drinking. I was so afraid of boys, even though I was obsessed with them. So deep down, I was like, but I didn't want anyone to think that I was scared of anything. So I just needed to get put off that I was cool. I feel like I was like that, too. A guy called me a prude. I was like, no, I'm not even a virgin. And I I'd kissed (laughs) one guy in sixth grade on the lips for a second. And I was like, what? No. And then I gave me. How dare you? And then I gave that guy a blowjob to (laughs) prove something. Really? And I, I didn't realize the power of my teeth at that point because I had big I have big teeth. So his dick bled and um <laughs> Yeah. So uh, that yeah. Um, uh this was this was like embarrassingly enough, senior year of high school was my first blowjob. Yeah, that's no, but that's that's fair. That's a fair time. Well the that's guys a nice time to give a blow to <laughs> If there's any good time to give a blowy <laughs> Yeah, well, let's just put it this way. White was not the color of the liquid that came out of that thing. It was red. He started fully bleeding. Oh. And so it was like, did you put your lips over your teeth? And I was like, where the fuck? They don't teach you that in sex ed. How was I supposed to know that? Like, how do girls just know that? Cosmo. (laughs) Wait, so when did you start? When did you lose your virginity? I was 15. I was in 10th grade. Um. And I, but it was a goal of mine to lose my virginity at 15. I chose that age because why not? And You're ambitious. 
ambitious. And I was two months away from turning 16. It was March and my birthday's May. And I was, so I, I, I was, I was 15, but I was just shy of 16. This might be a weird question, but where did you do it? I've always wondered this. Well, I did it at my boyfriend's house. It's funny as I felt like, because I went to USC, and all my friends who were from L.A., who grew up in L.A., they were shocked I was a virgin. And I was shocked that they had had sex because I was like, where do you do it? And then I realized that people, parents who lived in L.A., kids that grew up in L.A., both their parents worked because they were in the film industry or in music or whatever, and they both had big careers, so they weren't home 100% of the time, whereas my mom was, like, breathing down my neck. (laughs) My mom was really strict. My parents were really strict, like, crazy strict growing up. I was the like narc kind of like I I people didn't like to invite me to parties because my mom had to call the other parents and make sure like there were no drugs there or alcohol and then I mean my parents were so everyone called my mom Kyle's mom from South Park (laughs) like she just was really strict and I had a strict curfew I was drug tested at random sometimes oh wow I got caught smoking weed in ninth grade so at rand my parents like like, all right, well, we're going to start drug testing you at random. And so I never smoked again until college. I was like so afraid. So it just, I was really afraid of getting in trouble. So I was allowed to go to his house as long as my parents talked to his parents. And so they talked to his parents. They're like, just make sure the door is not closed while they're together. And then they just let us do our, it was great. They just let us do whatever. And I remember I, we went to go see Dave Chappelle block party right after. Yeah. Oh, after you what did it. Day. After we had sex, we went to go see Dave Chappelle's Block Party, I believe. Anytime someone talks about doing an event after sex, all I think about is what kind of UTI did you get? <laughs> oh, but see, I had, I feel like I had watched Sex in the City or Red Cosmo where it's like pee after sex. So I remember I, di- I definitely did do that. And I remember feeling cool that I was peeing after sex. Because you, like, knew what was up. You were in. Like, you were in the group then. But, of course, my brain, yeah, little did I know, like, hypochondria was to come later in life. (laughs) (laughs) And do you think your mom was strict because she was crazy? Like, my mom was very strict, and I think it's because she was insane. (laughs) Oh, really? My mom was, no, my mom really followed rules, too, growing up. And my dad was also a rule follower. My parents were, neither one was crazy. Maybe they wanted to actually mirror their exact upbringing and that, you know, yeah. that their parents were strict. Yeah, maybe. Also, too, do you think I lived in New Orleans for a little bit? My, I ended up moving to Virginia with my parents. But in middle school, my brother was entering middle school. So my parents were like, we have to get out of New Orleans. These kids are fucking crazy. <laughs> so I wonder if it's like they saw L.A. I just think of L.A. kids like literally 13 and like white, uh, white Magnolia or like what was that movie that was so... Wait, oh, White Oleander? Yes. Was, was that, that in LA? I don't know. I didn't. I never saw it. I thought it was, but maybe it was 13, where I was like... LA is a weird place. I, I don't know if I raised my family in LA. Um, I love the way my family did it. We were all like... Because it was just so focused on school and getting, yeah. and getting good grades. So I feel like there was no... And we were grounded all the time. Um, <laughs> and because... And grounded, we were grounded for things like not cleaning our room to my mom's you know my mom was is very crazy about cleaning our uh, tidying up and Mm -hmm. if we left like a towel on the ground we'd be grounded yeah it wasn't a fun house it wasn't a fun (laughs) but i did do well in school there you go and is your house clean now zero (laughs) i was gonna say she set you up for good habits but also that's a table you have paintings on a table you're like a hot girl who's like, I don't know. Yeah, look at this painting and these muffins I baked. It's so <laughs> random. You're like, the novels I read. Like, no. Oh, they're just strown about. <laughs> My French workbook. Why do you, are, do you know French or are you trying to learn it? I know French, but I'm trying to keep it up. <laughs> Meanwhile, how's your AP government thing coming along? Yeah, Anna? I bought an AP government book because I don't really know that much about the government, turns out, now that I'm trying to... I just don't know, like, things, <laughs> things, the government. Facts. <laughs> so I, I bought it. I'm the same. Great. Yeah, so I bought an AP government book, and I'm still on the index. And uh, <laughs> it's going it's so strong. cool. I mean, is it? <laughs> yes. I also thought I was going to learn French in quarantine. Am I mean, I? you still got time. No, I got herpes. <laughs> I know. 
Fuck yeah. That's a form of the French language. Yeah, honestly, yes. It's a, yeah, it's a lifetime achievement, I would say. <laughs> it is. It is. We can reframe it that way. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that, that you can't just French. lose. No, you know? it's, very, it's very French. That's a very it's French. So, language. herpes are so French. <laughs> no, you just make it Hermes and then put the M. Herpes. The M <laughs> they literally sell sweatshirts that say herpes. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Hello, erase the stigma. Walk around with it. Be like, yeah, bitch. Go on a date, wear it on a date. Just so you know. <laughs> are you kidding? It's genius. It's hot when people are confident about their ailments. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. You have a depression sweatshirt. What's the difference? <laughs> And I'm jealous of that. I'm like, I need that. I need people to know, like, on certain days. I'm like, mm, don't speak to me. I know. I know. I feel like I've had to disclose to people that I'm, like, just, like, I'm actually crazy. Are you crazy or are you a girl version of crazy, which is, like, I'm crazy. Tired. Because I'm crazy. <laughs> I have neuroses that are really, it feels very, like, singular. I, I feel like I'm very alone in my craziness of just OCD spirals and, like, just sounds like that comes directly from your mother based on what you've described oh my god no wish i had ocd in that way and i could clean the way she does but no i have like body like what's this what's this what's this i'm a doctor all the time i'm like hypochondriac i'm what else i'm a lot i, I have some crazy spirals that my friends will talk me out of but i will say i do know everything about every ailment ever I really yes. am a walking WebMD. I'm like actually incredible. I wish I were a doctor. So you've, have you ever had actually an ailment when you went in to check? Like have you had an STD? Uh, I had HPV for three years. Weak. I got to be honest. Weak. <laughs> <laughs> Not impressed. But I mean, I, that was like, but that was like, you know, everyone's like, yeah, my HP, oh, I've got HPV too, but it went away after like six months. Mine was like three and a half years, you know, and I would compare it to all my friends who theirs went away after a year at most. My HPV, three months. <laughs> my HPV, so the commercial. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I've definitely had some ailments that I've gone in that actually have. I mean, I did get an MRI recently because I was like my, I was getting migraines, but they were coming out of nowhere. And so I just wanted to make sure. And then I got an MRI and they wrote back, your brain is unremarkable. Which oh. means that it there's nothing, which is great. But I getting that email over quarantine, I was like, I was like PMSing, and I just saw that your brain is unremarkable. You're like, excuse me. <laughs> I'll show you remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have tattoos? No. Is that because your parents didn't want you to, or you just don't want them? No, all my siblings have them. I just don't like, to, I don't, I've never known what to get. And I just think, I go piercings though. I go do go piercings. I go hard on the piercing. Do you have a nipple pierced? I do. You do? Yeah. It's always, it's always interesting because with nipple pierced, I had one nipple for a bit, but You it had hurt. a nipple? Or, no, I, <laughs> I do have two nipples, but I did have one nipple piercing. Did it snag and get infected and stuff? It just snagged, kept snagging on my bras, and I was like, I'm over this. I know. I oh. had the same, but I, like, stuck to it. Now it's been eight years. Oh, wow. Good for you. You're in it. There's never – but I'm saying there's never, like, a clear – you know, some people who have a tongue ring or the snake bites that are right here, it's kind of a personality thing. They yeah. usually have a style, but nipple piercings, always shocking. Run the gamut. Yeah. Completely. Are guys surprised when they're like, oh – yeah, but then sometimes, like, if they're not, I have to be like, did you see? This is for you, so. Excuse me. <laughs> and why did you get that? My friend Amanda had just gotten one, and she sent me, this was when Tumblr was, like, really popping, and there was just that model, Camille Rowe, who had a nipple piercing, and it looked great, and so my friend sent me that image, and being like, you should get one, too, and I, on a whim, like, I, I was playing a couple shows in London with my band. This was like 2013, I guess. And we were playing shows. And right before my show, I was like, I had a beer. And I was like, I think I'm going to get my nipple pierced. And I went to this piercing place. I got it. The, ne the needle went in. He showed me on a mirror to watch him put in the barbell or whatever. Ooh, wouldn't have wanted I, that, no. And I fainted. You yeah. I, I fainted with the needle. <laughs> my arm fainted in the chair. Did you still make it to the show? You still do the show? <laughs> the show must go on. I woke up with like a lollipop in my mouth and there was a whole line. It was just a one, it was one person in, in the entire shop. 
So there was like a line waiting for piercings and I was holding up the line because I was, I think I just was in shock at the needle. See, yeah, I would be like, I don't need you to show me. I like, I'm trusting that you know what you're doing down there. I'm going to let you just do it. I don't think the guy put a mirror up because I got mine done in New York and I don't think he used a mirror. Well, because what am I, I don't know. So what are they going to do? Show me big. Does this look right or big? I guess I like, (laughs) shouldn't you know? Like, I feel like you're the pro here. So, but then someone's like, you know, that fucks up your breastfeeding. And I'm like, no, I'll just have three spouts. I'm actually more efficient. Wait, that is the thing. Everyone was like, you know, you're just, it, I, yeah, it's the three, I had the exact same theory. I was like, three spots, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they'll get more milk faster. I am a busy gal. I've got things to do. We need yeah. to just pop a straw in it like in elementary school. It's like a fucking Bellagio fountain. <laughs> I, that's why I asked about the nipple because I'm like I you don't seem like you'd have it but who knows no one seems like they would really have a nipple like the people that seem like they would never ever do yeah they just go full clit the model that my friend sent me the picture of for inspo she is a nipple piercing kind of girl I feel like yeah. you look at her like oh no she has perfect tits they're like yeah mm. like they, they those need to be pierced and they, they they're asking for a piercing were her nipple or were her boobs fake no I think they're real mm. <sighs> jealous <laughs> yeah because you don't see many nipple piercings on bigger breasts and i yeah. was just trying to break that mold <laughs> would you have you i can't really see because it's i'm like, not like can you show me your tits real quick oh yeah wow you have big. Big. They yeah, you have nice tits yeah congratulations <laughs> well done Thank you so much i mean i'm wearing a full push-up bra from victoria's that's Day. so are all of us yeah, like I, so we're all I. doing the same thing just to a different result so you nailed it thank you um you do want kids then well okay so I'm confused on that I do not want kids anytime soon Mm -hmm. so maybe no but I don't know I don't know maybe I I, I'm not sure maybe when I meet the right person yeah right that's always the thing but I recently I think in quarantine I've wanted a baby because I think I'm just bored (laughs) (laughs) so I'm like I could get pregnant yeah, it's like, what, what, what else have I got going on? Yeah, I thought about getting a dog. A dog's a little pricey. At least with a baby, I'd, I'd have a guy to put up, cough up some change. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So then what made you get into music as opposed to, I always wonder how people know they're good singers. Like, I thought I was a good singer in eighth grade, and I told I sang a song for my mom. I was like, Mom, I think I'm going to be a singer. And she was like, you're absolutely not going to be a singer. <laughs> and so I'm always like, how do people know they're good singers? Because you're a very good singer, but I'm like, how do people... Thank you for that. Um, I sang forever, but in the comfort of my own bathroom. And at my bat mitzvah, that was my first time kind of really singing for my family. And because I was so focused on the Hebrew, I was like effortlessly singing these songs with like a Disney princess kind of vibrato and like, yeah, ba, ba, bim, bim, bom. And like really, <laughs> I was killing it. And my parents, had no idea and and my entire party that night was like every speech was like and who knew she could sing and I think I got I still though was very insecure so I don't think it was until college that I finally kind of came out of my shell a little more and like really started singing and hoping that I was good enough I don't know I I still have days where I'm like I don't know I think that's ever I mean I feel that way like like, I have a job, but it's, you know, it's still every day. I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm terrible. You know, how I'm terrible at this. Like, I just feel like when you're in it trying to pursue something, you're like, this is such a hard pursuit. Why am I fucking doing this? I think that's the same with, like, a lot of creative stuff, though, because you talk to anybody that's, like, artistic, can sing, like, writes or does anything. I feel like the people that are pretty good at it are the ones that think they're the shittiest at it and the ones that have a lot of confidence. You're like, oh, I don't know about that. Like... I think it is just a creative-minded thing where you're like, I'm never going to be sure if this is good enough, but because you're analyzing it in that way, it's probably like, okay, well, you at least have the presence of mind to be thinking about it. But then do you think that some people, because I find that some people who are just so confident, I feel like they can sell themselves and almost like con people. Yeah, for sure. And that is also admirable, I think, to be like just almost delusionally talent or like I just I mean I would love to put myself out there in a way that was almost like just fuck you like listen to me no a hundred yeah but I have like imposter syndrome shit where I'm just like don't look at me 
I'm not as good as my father and I'll never be, don't work. <laughs> like it's, it's like very much that every on a daily basis. And so I think like, I think also subconsciously it was so nice to find something that I loved so much that was so different from what my family did. And I think that's probably what also drew me to music. Yeah. Do you think your insecurity comes from coming from a successful family? Is that why you feel like there's a lot to live up to? Well, yeah, but I think I abandoned that. You know, I, I never saw myself superseding my dad. I never saw myself as someone who was like, I'm going to be on the cover of Time magazine too. That was ruined for me, like from a very young age. I was like, listen, I don't think I'm going to get stopped in Gelson's like this. <laughs> and, you know, I, so I just but, like... But the thing is, you could. I mean, I I don't know. Thank you. I Not on the level he gets stopped, which I'm grateful for. But he's also like, yeah, I mean, I, I would never get into directing, ever. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I'm like, I've never even tried. I think I direct, I mean, I did direct, I did co-direct my music video that's coming out. So I guess I did, but I don't, you know, I, I just don't, I'm so afraid of that. That is my greatest fear. So I thought I was safe choosing music. And then it turns out you're just not safe choosing music. Actually, people hate you even more. Like celebrity kids doing music. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> no no wait why what do you mean who doesn't like that comments like on articles not that I read them but I used to read them and they're just all like nepotism rules mm-hmm. and like it's it's a lot of like why would I listen to this person like please uh fuck like it's a lot of neg. which I'm not by the way I'm not like for me woe is me I'm kind of I get it um but that's why I chose a different name for music to go under and then it's kind of impossible to remain anonymous if you want to perform live so it just sort of like but now when you type in my stage my stage name on google Sasha Spielberg comes up that's like the first they're interchangeable so I hate that but it's fine I think that's just you know just coming up as it is because people said that about Kendall Jenner when she was a model when she started modeling other models like literally put cigarettes in her shit put cigarettes in her coffee they were like get this bitch out of here she's only here because of her sister had a sex tape and now she's the top paid model in the world. So, and no one's like, how is she a model? She's so talented and so beautiful. So, and no matter what you do coming up, like, like I come from Virginia, Chantilly, Virginia, like no one's looking on my name. The but Hollywood of the East. Yeah, the Hollywood of the East. But, you know, the comments are, they find a way to cut you. They're like, who is this fat bitch? Yeah, you're not going to win. So it's like, what are they going to say? You're not talented. They're going to get you for whatever you have, I feel like. Yeah. I used to read my comments, and then I, I say it's it's the it's a version of cutting yourself. Digital cutting. No, it's poison. It's digital cutting. It's poison. It's so brutal. I mean, hello. Of course I used to, like, look on Twitter. I searched my own name on Twitter obviously and then more than that I would then go to the second tier which is Spielberg's daughter and that's when you get the because they don't even want to say your name it's just like oh did you know Spielberg daughter Spielberg's daughter but I also have three other sisters so I I I would find I mean well then my younger sister Michaela sort of made a splash earlier this year announcing that she was doing um solo she was doing an OnlyFans and that sort of took over so that really replaced my Spielberg daughter you know when that happened did you know she was doing an OnlyFans yeah she 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 did tell me um yeah she was telling me she was starting to make videos but they were solo and you know I have I have a couple friends in you know who have OnlyFans and I have friends who are sex workers and I have friends who you know I I, and so I was like supportive but I also um you know I, I don't know that's a whole other I mean that's like a whole other yeah, no, I have a lot of friends who do OnlyFans because as comedians right now, it's so hard to make money. I hear they're very nice on OnlyFans. I, I, I hear nothing but positive things. You? Yeah, yeah. My friend, has a pr- she makes very good money on it. So I can't even blame anyone for doing it. I'm like, they make more money a year. I know. Insane. I <laughs> this Yesterday or two days ago, I found a pair of Prada loafers I really want, but I have no money right now. Zero dollars. So I made a seeking arrangements profile because i was like how could i get a thousand dollars in like a night and then i was like "Mm." so and then i was remembered i have herpes and i'm like this would be a tough conversation (laughs) but you're you can still go on these this is it's not like yeah but i just feel like if a guy's paying you for like a date or something and then they have expectations i just got nervous i literally got on there and was looking at the guys and i'm like this feels dangerous in a way yeah because that you're meeting up with them and it's new york we're in a pandemic you're like i don't know there's and a then, lot of risk involved yeah. yeah it just sounds so easy in the moment i was like i'm gonna check this out and then 
15 minutes later I deleted it because yeah. I was like I don't need would be such you would be so good at that you'd be such good conversation you wow, would you. really show them a good time you're very beautiful it would be you would be a great candidate it just I feel like you'd be a great baby <laughs> but um do you have a secret that you don't want your mom to know like do you keep secrets from your mom or do you have a pretty open dialogue I have such an open dialogue it's it's too open at times um on her end uh I I do feel though when I do open up to her about sexual stuff my face gets like really red and I feel like sick to my stomach but it also is fun but it's it's that it's the weird mom yeah I have so much my mom actually no I don't have anything my mom doesn't know I just block out what I've told her so you'll be like yeah I had sex with this person yes I won't say sex I'll be like I hooked up (laughs) smart it just feels like yeah I just say I hooked up has she always been open with you about sex stuff? Yeah, since like I was two. She's super o- sex positive and super open about everything and has encouraged me to be open myself. That's nice. My mom and I didn't have the sex talk. So I'm like, this is why, this is how I ended up the way I am. <laughs> we had the sex talk and then I think my mom like gave me the basics. And then I think my mom like subscribed me to 17 or YM or one of those. She's like, you're going to learn everything else from here. And I did. Like, that was the problem. I learned so much from magazines and then talking to girls in gym class. So I still might be a little iffy on some of the rules. Yeah, I can't. Some of my friends have very open dialogues with their mom and I find it so awkward. I still feel awkward for sure. That's why I was like, my face gets red. I get get, like almost like I want to be mad at her. Do you know when you're just saying when you're being so vulnerable that you're mad at the person you're being vulnerable to yeah Yeah. it's that feeling a lot where I just it's icky I don't want to talk to her but she doesn't truly she she knows she does know everything she doesn't know details like unless it's a funny story but she doesn't she's a she does ask constantly if I have a boyfriend or when I have a whatever when I have a boyfriend she said she asks like me to tell her about the sex constantly really wow she's like how is it yeah, and then she's like, "What? Tell me. Tell, she wants to know about it. She wants. To, does she? Is she like? Is there anal involved? <laughs> she's never asked the big that question actually, which is weird. She she should. Um, <laughs> does he lick your asshole, baby? <laughs> she never asked that. But she just wants to make and sure. She claims she loves you. Yeah. <laughs> But she wants to make sure you're getting, you're having good sex. She's having good sex. She's I can good. respect that. I like That's that. That's so nice. Yes. Oh, really sweet. Oh, okay. So your parents are still together. They're still. Yeah, and they very much are in love. See, my parents are still together too. And I think that sets me up for failure because I want an all-time love. Yes. It's put expectations in my life that I'm like, I can't, I don't have that kind of friendship with any guy I've been with. It's really. Yet yet it's hard you do and then you do compare your relationship to theirs and it's never gonna it's just never as good and but I but I do think they're you know I'm learning as I get older and learn about I mean more about their relationship and what they've been through and yeah we just don't see it all obviously yeah Yeah. job as parents hope I mean good parents I mean would be to protect the kids from actually seeing the darkness that of course there's inevitably darkness in every relationship so They've done a pretty good job at protecting us because I don't know much. But I'm starting to, like, learn about some, you know, instances where they fought. And I see pictures from the night that the alleged fight happened, and I see them so happy. So it's just, this is why Instagram is insane to me. Mm -hmm. We're just going to have, our grandchildren are going to be like, oh, look at you on New Year's. And then it's like, that was the worst fight of my life. It's just, it's that. I always think that about people who put their kids on Instagram. I'm like, what? They're gonna be so pissed when they get older. They're gonna be, mom. I look like. And shit we're in this we're photo. getting close to the. I think we're getting close. So Instagram came out in 2011, right? Yeah. So let's think about the kids who were born in 2011. Those kids are nine now. So those kids in about five years are gonna get to the age where they're like, why'd you put that photo up of me? Like we're gonna get the first batch of those kids that we mm-hmm. talk about. Yeah, that is scary. Well, I know we only have a few more minutes, but I wanted to, um, what was like your biggest rebellion thing growing up? Like what, what's something you did besides, I guess, dating the cocaine dealer? That's I mean, a pretty the, big one. the hand job around the corner from school. Was, I mean, oh, you just upgraded to a hand job because you I said gave, a makeout. I gave him a hand job. 
And he said to me, after he whipped it out, before I gave him a hand job, he says, pretty big, huh? And was it? <laughs> yeah, was it? Yeah. Or, but you were in eighth grade. Was your hand small? No, I was out. No, it was it was like this. Um, and it was, I remember being like, you and he he said pretty pig, huh? Nice. <laughs> it was crazy. But OK, rebellion. How did you wait? I'm sorry. Really quick. How did you respond to that? <laughs> I would have been like, shut the fuck up, dude. That's when you're in eighth grade. and You're like, I've seen bigger. And then it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, not as big as my teachers, but uh. <laughs> That was, no, that was my, like, dream, I think, to hook up with a teacher. teacher. I mean, that was my dream. And, I mean, I just wanted to be – see, I wanted to be all these things I wasn't. Like, I wanted to be, like, the sexy, seductress student. I wanted to be the, like, drug addict. I wanted to be the super artsy. I'm still wanting to be all of these things, and they haven't happened, and I'm 30, so. But why? why? I think I felt – I think I watched movies where – I found the girls who were rebellious very attractive and I wanted to just look like them and be like them and I wasn't them and I think I you know you see almost famous and there's Penny Lane and then I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like don't quite see you. Like, <laughs> mm. so, so close so right? close something's not working here and I feel like I just wanted to be a rebel because rebels in movies were like hot and I think I just it was very simple yeah, I guess I, get, I saw Legally Blonde, and I really wanted to be a perfect hot girl, and then I had a poop stain, and I cried. <laughs> I, what? I had a poop stain in my underwear, and I cried. Because I was like, there's no way whatever her character was ever has a poop stain. So, oh, I thought you meant you shit your pants. <laughs> no, I just had a poop stain one day. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the dream died with that. Yeah, I was in sixth grade, had a poop stain. I was like, I can't even wipe my own ass. I'm never going to be a hot girl. I'm never going to be Elwood now. I wanted to be Elwood so badly, but you were lucky because you were blonde. I just, my older no, sister. No, this is fake. This is late fake. So is this. <laughs> you were a natural blonde in eighth grade, as okay. you said before. Yeah. My older sister is like very stunning. She looks like Grace Kelly. She's mm. like from my mom's first marriage. She's got that like blonde like big blue eyes like youthful face she's an actress she's just stunning she had a hot boyfriends growing up and it was really hard because we look nothing alike and so I think that's part of why I also pivoted to like I want to go the darker side and lean into that um because she was so bubbly and like flirty and everyone loved her and I just was you want to be the brunette in cruel intentions (laughs) exactly yeah yes Interesting. I guess you just wanted to rebel. You didn't really do anything that's rebellious. The most rebellious thing I did was give a hand job, and uh, then I was grounded because my mom found out about the hand job. Oh. Uh, because my best friend at the time told my babysitter everything that I had done, and the babysitter felt she had to report it back to my mom. And my mom picked me up in, from art class. I, I was in painting class, and she picked me up. And we're in the car and she's being silent. And I go, what's wrong? And she goes, I know everything. And I said, what? And she goes, I know everything. And then she started listing the hand job, me skipping school in the morning, me skipping tutor sessions like in the afternoon to go be with him. Me like, I don't even know. She listed all of them. And she said, you're obviously grounded. And I'm so disappointed. And I said, can I get out of the car? And she was like, what? I was like, can I get out of the car and walk home? And she was like, yeah, of course. She dropped me off and I walked home. But I also was like classic star of my own film, like headphones, like walking home. Just so sad that I did Creating a soundtrack of your life. Soundtrack. <laughs> and by the way, when I say walking home, she dropped, it was a block away. I needed to walk and get some air. And I was so devastated. And then I just watched The Simple Life. I got home and I just like binged The Simple Life on DVD. I mean, that was, that was my- the shit. What else would you do? I was, and then I was just looking at them like their life was just actually not so easy, it seemed. Um, so then do you have one secret that you don't want your mom to know? Do you have any left? Oh, God. I have stories, but like, okay. I have one story that I never told my mom. Should I tell that? Yeah. Please. So I was, I had just done a tour in Europe. I was in Paris. I went on a date with a French guy. We went back to his place and we, we had been speaking French all night. And I was just like, God, I'm good. Insane. The workbook is complete. 
like, and I, we went, I went back to his place. Um, we were hooking up and then he was like, should I get a condom? And I said in French, never on my first time. So I was like, jamais mon premier fois. And he was like, okay, like, pourquoi? Just like curious. And I was trying to be seductive. And I look at him and I was like, I have my rules in French, which translates to j'ai mes règles. And I was like, very seductively looking at him, like, I have my rules. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he sort of like didn't touch me the rest of the night. And then I kind of, it was done. And I called my best friend the next day and I was just like, hey, I mean, it was going really well. And then like he asked to get a condom and I said, you would be so proud of me because she speaks fluent French. I was like, I said, you know, jamais mon premier fois. And he was like, okay, pourquoi? And I said, really like, you know, it was cute. I was like, j'ai mes règles. And my friend Rachel is like, you said j'ai mes règles? And I was like, yeah, I have my rules. And she was like, that means I have my period. It's the same translation. But I said I have my period. And I never told, it's not like a huge secret. It's like also completely like not like rebellious or crazy or juicy, but it is something I never told my mom. And my mom met this, he ended up, we ended up dating this guy and she met him. And I never like to tell, I mean, you know, it's not really juicy, but it was a story that I never told her. I thought you were going to say it meant you had chlamydia or something. And I was like, damn, that sucks. No, but I do know all the French translations to like every STD, basically. Nice. Yeast infection is is mycos. Mycos? Mycos. That sounds kind of hot. Yeah, I learned all those. Interesting. Honestly, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> and I kind of think though, that's not a secret. I that's not a secret though. I'm I, I tell my mom everything. To be honest, when I was dating this guy, this is a secret that I've never told anyone. Is that okay? Uh, of please. <laughs> I never told anyone this. Um, I spent Christmas with this guy in a hotel in Paris, and it was really lovely. And. She, my mom sent a package to the hotel for Christmas and I was so excited I was like oh my god and then I opened it with him and it was a vibrator on a necklace (laughs) my mom sent me and my new boyfriend she had never met he and I had been dating five weeks maybe four and she sent us a vibrator to use for Christmas well, that was very godly of her. That's exactly what Jesus would do. But who wears a vibrator around their neck? It's, well, it's supposed to it's be, yes. It's supposed to look like a chic necklace, and then it has multiple purposes. You know what I'm talking about. It is mm-hmm. a group. It is a... It's like a pendant, yeah. Pendant, but it's a vibrator. But it doesn't make sense because it's like, it's like, you know, like, how do you... <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to do it while you're wearing it. You do it while you're watching a movie. He just lays across your lap. (laughs) He planks on you. I will say, and I never told her this. This is a secret. He was very disturbed. He was like, your mom sent you that? I was like, yeah, is that funny? He was like, not really. He was like genuinely disturbed. He was probably like, what did you tell her my dick game was? (laughs) But I told her, I was like, oh my God, he loved it. We loved it. Thanks, mom. <laughs> I can't believe your mom sent you a vibrator. You're not no, she's kidding. Sent, no, no, no. She's, she, I have six from her. I have six. She sends me them a lot. That's so funny. That's my, my mom does, she thought I was using a vibrator when I lived at home. And she was like, why are you vacuuming? I was like, Jesus, can you just leave me alone? Because it was so loud. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. My mom is very... She's lovely. I love her. <laughs> I know. That's so sweet. I know it is sweet that she's like, she asked me, she's like, tell me when you use it and tell me how you like it. It's like, no, I think like, yeah, I know like I do that with restaurants. Like, tell me if it's good. It's like, yeah. but I don't think I'm going to do that with vibrators. No. Like, Mom, I just, <laughs> just assume that I'm enjoying it. Why don't you just do that? The womanizer. I came 15 times. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're using a stopwatch. You're like, I got that one in. Clocked it under a minute. And I was having cyber sex. Really quickly, I'll just wrap it up with the 13-year-old thing. I was having cyber sex uh, with, like, some guy who actually – I ended up being catfished by my best friend at the time. Oh, my God. He was pretending to be this hot guy from Seattle who I would – so I was actually cybering with my best friend, not knowing it, um, which was crazy and, like, very traumatized. Yeah. But um, I did at one point – he was like, how long are your orgasms? Or he – she, I guess guess it was she – let's just say he, 
for the, it was his name was Matt who was from Seattle let's just pretend he was real and he was like how long did you just orgasm for and I did it I like masturbated I was like 12 or 13 this feels like so wrong to even talk about my 13 year old self masturbating but I did it and I thought something was wrong with me because it only lasted like eight seconds or like whatever that time was. And I was like, well, that's not long enough. So I told him two minutes and 15 seconds. Oh <laughs> and he was God. like, what? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that's how long you masturbated for? That's how long your orgasm was. I was like, that's how long my orgasm was. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're setting yourself up, your friend up for failure. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> actually genuinely like that was her way of asking if she was normal yes so you got her back subconsciously for catfishing you you're like you know what I don't even know that I'm doing this right now but I just fucked you up for the next 10 years yes seriously oh my god baby (laughs) congrats on that that is my mom (laughs) yeah that's that's a vibrator you frame you know that you put on the hall yeah you put that in a shadow box Uh, that's so funny. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and doing so this. Fun. Thank you for it. It was so fun talking so to you. So fun talking to you. Are you guys in New York? Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Well, we'll see each other after this is done. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully it ends soon. Fingers crossed. But do you want to um, plug your in your album? It's coming out the oh, yeah. 29th. January 29th. Good yeah. January 29th album, Spoiled Love. Yay. Ooh, I'm so excited. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.